You're listening to Esports Demystified by Valor Esports. In this podcast, we take a weekly dive into the world of esports by interviewing the men and women that are shaping this amazing industry. Today, we talk to Lewis SLK Selleck. Lewis is barely 20 years of age, yet he's made massive steps on both his esports and academic pathways. He's in the top 100 Rocket League players worldwide for both 2v2 and 3v3. And he's studying aerospace engineering, making him the rocket man in the Rocket League. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining us today. Lewis, how are you going? Good. Thanks Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here. No, no, no problem. So you just came off a big tournament. How'd it go? Uh, it was all right. Um, we we played in front of a, a lot of people, and that was you know my first time you know playing on such a big stream. Uh, we played some tough teams, and I think overall we played well. Uh, we ended up losing, but we lost to one of the best collegiate teams in the country, and I think that you know we got third place, so that was that was pretty good. Yeah, awesome. And uh, it's it's interesting with the with the COVID situation, you had to do this all online, right? Yeah, it was all online. Um, normally, it would have been a LAN, but with everything going on, you can't really have those things in person. So it was all online. But yeah, yeah, you still get the the nerves, I guess, uh, with with knowing that it's going to be such a highly watched um, competition. Or is it different oh, yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the biggest thing that affected us wasn't you know when once we played against really good teams, it wasn't really that we couldn't compete against them on the same level is really mm. just came down on nerves, right? Because really good teams have, you know, a lot of tournament experience and that ends up, you know, um, paying off. Right. And once, once we play against them, because we were way more nervous than they were since they, they play late in, in yeah. big tournaments like that so many times. So uh, even if it was online, just knowing that you've got 25, 50,000 people watching you play, it's just, you know, that's always in your back of your head when you play and it it plays a really big role. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm just going to start off with, uh, for people that might not quite um, understand what an esports college athlete is, um, they might have an understanding of what an athlete is at college. Mm-hmm. Can you explain or kind of summarize what, what a college athlete uh, for esports is? Yeah, um, I think it really doesn't... Um, it's not really that much different from an athlete though. I mean, obviously there's some key things like you, you're not really, uh, you, you're focused on, you know, games on your computer and, um, you know, there's, there's key differences like that. There is also any sort of sport, right. You compare basketball to football. They're, they're very different, but at the core, they're kind of the same. It's all about the competition. It's about, you know, being the best and winning. Um, so I think that an esports athlete, athlete in the collegiate level is pretty much as the same as, a, as an athlete, right? Um, if anything, now the world is adapting to this whole esports scene. It's fairly new and it's grown very fast and exponentially. So a lot of collegiates are still adapting. I know, for example, uh, U of I, the school I go to, they're still adapting now and they're starting to roll out scholarships and uh, uh, participate in bigger tournaments as well and have more of the, that um, hands-on approach with, with their athletes. So I think in the coming years, it's pretty, it's getting really, really big. And an esports athlete is going to be no, no different than an athlete. Yeah, awesome. Why, why do you think you were able to get into to Illinois as an as an as a esports player? Um, like how, how good do you have to be to get into college at that level? Um, it really depends on the school. When I got to 
when I went to Illinois, if I'm being completely honest, it was mostly just because of studies. I never really, you know, chose Illinois specifically because of the esports program. But once I got into Illinois and I knew they had a Rocket League team for a while before I joined, it wasn't the main reason I chose to, to be there, but I knew it was a thing. Um, and once I joined, you know, I, I instantly looked at the Rocket League team because I really wanted to play there. And I think it slowly over time became a really big part of my life. And you start to realize, you know, with all the collegiate tournaments with all the other schools, you start to realize that esports is getting really big. Um, U of I right now, they're a, they're a solid school. They still have a lot of things to improve on. But over the few, last few years, they've really stepped up the esports program. And I'm sure a lot of other schools have too. Um, so, so yeah, that, when I went to, to U of I, it wasn't mainly esports focused, but I think it became such a big part of my life now, right? I'm so involved with it. And, you know, like the tournament I played a few days ago, uh, it's, it's, it's just a really, really good feeling to represent your school. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And I have a quick question. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, you go for it. Like, I just have a quick question because I, I think uh, for me, like when I, I went to engineering school in, in France and we don't have the same concept as uh, in the US where sports is, uh, can be embedded in, uh, in the school. And I'm really curious, like what does, um, like, what does your day look like as a esport player in a, like, and studying? Like how do you manage your studying time and your esport time during the day? And also yeah. like during the week. Yeah, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna lie, it's hard, right? Um trying to, you know, I'm pretty sure like any other athlete, collegiate athlete, it's it's hard maintaining both studies and uh, you know, good grades and social life and you know, playing also the your sport. Um, it's hard. You just have to be very organized and have a routine and um uh, make sure you're ahead of everything. So the worst thing possible is for you to forget that you have a tournament coming up and you have a midterm on the same day. And now, you know, it's too late to rearrange anything. So you have, have to choose either I failed this <laughs> midterm or I just, you know, I skipped the tournament and I've had to learn that, you know, through the hard way. Um, it still happens once in a while. I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. Um, and sometimes you can got to prioritize a certain thing, but Overall, I think you just got to be on top of stuff and be very organized. Um, make sure you write everything down on the calendar as soon as you know about it so you don't forget later. I think that's probably my biggest tip, at least, you know, from, <laughs> from personal experience. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it, it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely possible. Um, but you just got to be really, really dedicated to it. So just to confirm, you've skipped midterms for, for matches? Uh, I have not, no, because okay. my parents would kill me, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, either, either my parents kill me or my teammates kill me. I got to, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you, you, us colleges, uh, fees are a little bit different to Australian university fees. So you're mm -hmm. sacrificing a little bit more there. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about is you recently became top hundred, um, globally in rocket league, which is crazy achievement i mean if you would say that about other sports that is insane um tell us a little bit how what what's that journey been like to get to that level oh man it's it's been crazy um i've been playing rocket league for about five years now and there was a predecessor to rocket league called sarp just for short because the name is super long but we used to call it sarp and i was playing that since i was 
eight or something on the PS3. I remember downloaded the free demo and just got hooked. And that's how I knew Rocket League, right? I didn't find out through Twitch or through anything like that. It's just I played the precesses to it. And then as soon as Rocket League came out, I wanted to play it. So I've been playing for a long time now. And, you know, to, to finally make it to the top and knowing that even the top 0.0001% of players, it's just really gratifying, right? It feels like is, there's nothing better than knowing that your hard work is really paying off and every all your dedication you put into it and, you know, all the blood and sweat and tears is, you know, it's really paying off and there's a, a quantitative like result, right? You can see that you're in the top right now and there's still so much more to come. Of course, I still want to compete at the highest, highest levels, but it's, it's just really, really gratifying, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, it's interesting. Do things change as a player uh, when you get to that level? Do, do certain, do you get, I mean, it might be further up the ranking still to come but do people start kind of reaching out to you going hey you know can you can you join us can you be part of this organization you know and then you got these kind of like temptations i guess yeah (laughs) um i mean it does change up a lot i feel like the attention gets a lot more focused on you and with that becomes a lot of pressure and you have a lot of responsibilities on that too so once i got top 100 uh, I remember a lot of people started messaging me on Discord for, you know, either coaching or, um, you know, uh, just playing on their teams or, and things like that, right? So there's a lot more attention to it, and you got to be a lot more responsible uh, with it. In terms of the game, also changes up a lot because now you're competing with people that are at your level or beyond, and yeah, crazy good. So you got to adapt to that, and you got to be ready to have those – really drawn out matches where everybody's competing at the same level and the tiniest of mistakes might cost you the game. So that's, I think that's the biggest uh, change um, yeah, cool. between, you know, the level that you play at the start of the game and at the highest and highest of the levels. Excellent. And just coming back to the collegiate collegiate scene, what's, I mean, you talked about your, um, you talked about your, your schedule being something that's really quite difficult to manage uh, with the amount of workload you have. What, what other challenges do you find in the collegiate scene, even just from a competing point of view? Um, you talked about it being quite difficult at the top and top hundred. What's the, what's the, I guess, the difficulty level for you at the moment with your, with your team in, in Illinois? Um, um, if I, I think I have, there's, there's two things that it's our biggest difficulty right now. I think the first one is our consistency so a big part of broccoli is being consistent you might be really good at one day but if the next day you just suck you know that's that's <laughs> not the not the best um people are really like teammates and i think us as a school are not as consistent i know i am not and you know i'm not going to speak for my teammates uh, but i know i can improve a lot on that area uh and i think the second is we we have a very diverse skill level on our teams. So we have, for example, me, the top 100, and uh, I was teaming up with, with a couple of buddies that weren't even close to that, right? So it's it's really um, confusing sometimes when you're playing, you know, against top 100 players every time you queue a match, and then, you know, moving down, and then you have to play against people who are not at the same level, they don't have the same knowledge of the game, um, and you have to kind of adapt to that. You know, it's not... Um, it's not like I'm going to say, oh, my teammates are really bad. You know, it's not that at all. It's just they play really good 
but at their skill level right now, where they're at right now. Um, and the biggest difficulty for me is just having to adapt to that, right? Because you go from playing with, you know, top of other top 100 players and then you play with other people and that's like a, you know, a whole new scenario you have to adapt to. And um, a lot of times you can't expect the same things from, from, from you know, your teammates. Um, and that's, that's just a realistic thing, right? That's, you're going to see that at the highest levels too because there are going to be better players than others and you have to, you know, adapt to that and consider just be realistic right if i set up this pass for my teammate which is going to be really hard to score uh should i even set that pass up in the first place right if i feel like they can't score so it's just i think i feel like um our biggest yeah our biggest difficulties is just being consistent and you know um adapting to each other's skill level since there's such wide margin of you know yeah uh, no it's a really it's a very very good point i mean i can relate to that from a tennis point of view which is quite interesting just from representing different school teams and and you'd have guys you know far far better than you um or or reverse where you would be far better than someone else and you know you you'd win your match uh it's a little bit differently different to rock league in a sense because you're playing as a team whereas we'd represent the whole team but individually um so you could go out smash someone six six love and then your teammates all lose you know six love and you're like, ah. <laughs> so, um, so I definitely can relate to that. What's the uh, lifestyle of a collegiate player like? I, I mean, we've heard about your your difficulty managing the schoolwork, the load, but what's uh, what's your weekly schedule actually look like from a training point of view? Um, generally, I try to sneak in at least four hours or so of um, game per day. Um, which is I, for some people it's a lot for some people they only play on the weekends and that's fine I just like I said I really want to be more consistent so I think that to be consistent you, you really need to you know play the game a lot mm. um, I've talked to a lot of professional players that play at the you know the highest level the the million dollar tournaments and they've all told me that you know if you really want to be at the top you got to be dedicated enough to it to put you know 60 to 80 hours um every two weeks or so um so it's it's a grind right it's a grind yeah. and um at that point if you're a professional player it makes sense for you to play that much but for example if you're a collegiate student you kind of need to balance it out right you can't just abandon your studies and just decide to play um for me personally yeah i try to sneak in four hours you know every day or so but um, sometimes, you know, midterms happen or you have a big project coming up or, you know, even social life, you know, you need a, um, somebody's birthday coming up or, um, <laughs> you know, other things like that. You, you kind of need to, you know, lower your game time. So yeah, let's say midterm tomorrow, today, I probably won't play as much. I'll probably play only for an hour and then study for the other three I would play. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's about adapting really, you know, it's really hard to just have a schedule. Where, oh, I'm gonna play four hours every single day. Sometimes you have to adapt, right? That's your goal, yeah. but you need to sometimes play more, play less, depending on what's coming up. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, just and- a quick question around that, around what you just said. Like you said, uh, you're practicing around four hours every day. Like at what point of your, um, I would say, career in esports, you started to to practice like in a consistent manner, and also what did you see changing when you started practicing uh like four hours a day did you see any changes or really did nothing change 
Um, yeah, no, I think there, there is definitely a change. I, I really started, you know, I, if I, if I had to choose, I, I play four hours every single day because I love the game, but a lot of the time I couldn't do that because I had to focus on other things. I think once U of I started really supporting the esports program, I remember they flew us out to New York, uh, a tur- for a tournament, uh, a year ago. Or so, um, and I think that that really sent a message to me, like, wow, okay, now, you know, they really care about this sort of stuff and they're really uh, sticking their heads out there for, for us. So I think, I think, I think that it's, you know, um, it's my duty really to be at the top of my performance, just like any college athlete. So um, once they, they did that for us, right. They paid for the, all the, 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 the tickets to New York and, you know, the hotels and everything. I was like, okay, I think I just, the school deserves to have, you know, the best athletes possible. So I started really practicing uh, more, you know, four hours a day. And um, I think after that, you just clearly see an improvement, right? Because you just play eight hours a week, okay? And playing four hours a day is such a big difference, such a big difference that it's just, you instantly notice it, right? After one, two weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm playing so much better than I did, yeah. you know, a while back. So, um, yeah, it's it's really hard to maintain and, and try to, you know, play so much and, and study and everything at the same time. But once you do it, you just notice instant improvements, instant improvements. Yeah. And I'm quite interested. I mean, a big, com- big conversation we have with um, this journey of understanding esports and how we can kind of bring a, a coaching style to esports that is on par with, you know, sports that have been around for a long time um, is obviously parents um, understanding of, okay, we've got a, we got a computer game here and we hear you play four hours a day, but then talking to you and, and knowing you a little bit now um, you're intelligent, you're, you're very healthy looking, um, <laughs> you know, how, how do you maintain that other side of your life? Um, you talked about lifestyle and, and social life. Um, how do you balance it out? Do you, I know you used to be quite into sports as well. Do you still playing sport? Um, do you still fit that exercise into your life? Oh yeah, I think it's it's very important um, because, like I said, any college sport you need to have you know everything in check. You need to have a a good you know um, mental health and a good you know body health, physical health. Um, and the same goes for for esports. A lot of people say, oh, you're not really you know running or doing this while you're playing a game, but it really doesn't matter because I think that you having a he- healthy mindset and you know a healthy body too. It just helps so much. Um, when you're playing, um, like I said, with the nerves before, you know, you're having a calm mindset and, you know, getting rid of any sort of problems or deadlines or anything like that that's coming up and you just go into the game calm and don't think about any, anything else because that's such a big shift. Um, and it's, it's very important. It's very, very important. You can't, I can't, uh, iterate it enough. Yeah. And what kind of training do you do personally? Um, I I used to play volleyball a lot, you know, to keep myself healthy. Uh, nowadays with quarantine, I've kind of <laughs> gotten a little bit lazy. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but you know, just even going for a walk, um, you know, or a jog or anything like that for like 30 minutes, it's it's really good for you, and it, it really just helps a lot, um, even mentally, right? You're doing physical exercise by jogging, but just going out. And, you know, with the fresh air and everything like that, it really just helps a lot mentally. Um, I personally, like exercise wise, that's generally what I do. 
mentally i don't do a lot really i don't you know i know that a lot of people do yoga or meditation and things like that and i'm sure it helps me i just (laughs) i just like to lay on the couch and watch netflix or something like that because that helps me relax right that's that's what helps me the most relax but there's definitely other other things you can do um that that can help you out equally if not more yeah interesting really interesting it's what are some of the perks of being a collegiate athlete what are some of the good things that people don't know about Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i think that the coolest thing really is that you know you just get to play video games basically for for school which is awesome right (laughs) Um, if you really love a sport, for example, let's say you love football and you play football for your school, I'm pretty sure it's the same, right? Um, I've never actually played a regular sport, um, you know, like a physical one for school, uh, of all I've done is esports and that's the feeling I get from it. But I feel like any other athlete would too. It's just very rewarding to represent something that's, that's bigger than you, right? Represent your, your organization and, um, all the support to give it to you back. Right. Um, so you know, to rent out a computer lab to, you know, have a personal training session with my teammates and, you know, uh, think things through, you know, we just contact the, the school and they'll instantly, you know, help you out with that. Or for example, when we went to New York, I didn't have to pay a single dime for airplane tickets, for the hotel, for food, for anything like that. You know, the school is right there supporting you. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that depends on the school but at least for U of I, they were incredibly supportive. And that's probably one of the most rewarding things really as a collegiate esports player. Mm. Yeah, cool. What about the opposite? What are the downsides? <laughs> um, I I think that probably the biggest downside is, is really the pressure, right? Because a lot of people are expecting you to play well and expect you to play um, you know, at your, at your top level. and you got to be realistic. Sometimes that's not going to happen. Everybody has bad days. Um, so I think that the biggest downside really is just not performing as well as you, as you wanted to. And, you know, or um, so also with, with midterms and things like that, you having to manage, sometimes you get burnt out. Sometimes you get stressed out. And I think it's important to say too, it's okay to take a break from the game. It's okay. If you're burnt out from with school and with the game and everything, it's completely fine to just take a quick break from the game and, you know, uh, just get your mind right first before you do anything mm. else. I think with other sports, for example, sometimes you don't have that luxury, right? Um, you can go to your coach and say, hey, I'm not really feeling the game, but there's it's probably going to be, you know, some repercussions to that. Your coach might, might get mad at you or something like that. With esports, I've found that it's incredibly just at least for my team, it's incredibly uh, relaxed and nobody will get mad at you if you say, hey, I need a break. They can be, you know, understand uh, that completely because they're also going through the same things, right? Hmm. So um, I think really the the biggest downside really is just the stress and um, the the stress of representing the school and trying to always perform to your best. And, um, you know, that that you just want to represent them the best that you can so i think that's the biggest one um and sometimes you also get burnt out right it happens yeah but i feel like that's with anything really yeah it's interesting burnout seems to be quite a common um uh situation with the highest level of esports and i 
you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it seems to be the fact that you're using your mind as your main muscle, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, someone in a previous conversation with me kind of said uh, to me, you know, it's it's a game of chess, just at the same time, you need to have incredible hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can imagine the brain is under a fair bit of pressure um, yeah. going through that those those processes. Rocket League is exactly that. It's a game of chess that's way more complicated and with way more variables than, than chess. Um, it's because, like you said, your mind is your main muscle you're going to use. So um, that's that's really why a lot of people get burnt out, right? Because using your mind 24-7 um, when you're playing is, is really complicated. And um, you know that sometimes when you don't play the best, it's literally because of your mindset or what you're feeling and things like that, right? Where in mm. other sports, you might get injured, for example, and then you're like, oh, well, you know, I play bad because I'm still injured and things like that. In mm. esports, it's not really like that. It's mostly because, well, I guess you can get a wrist injury, right, or something like that. But yeah, um, it's really mostly 90% just your mental game. And that's why it's very important that you reinforce that. Yeah. So you were talking about the your mental game, right? And I, I have one question around that. I wonder, like, within your team, how much, because you talked about playing for four hours a day, but how much of the time spending with your teammate is actually not playing, but solving problems or planning strategies uh, and maybe training some of those team strategies? Um, we we generally spend quite a, a time, a few few hours per week or so just going over replays of, of playing and, you know, fixing our mistakes and being like, hey, guys, I feel like, you know, um, like you guys are going for the ball too much. Maybe we could try spacing out a little bit more and things like that. It's really, um, that's where the, I think the biggest part of the teamwork comes in because you need to work together as a team, right? You can't win the Rocket League. You can't 1v3 people. You can't win it by yourself. That's impossible. So you need to work as a team. And it's very important that you have that that teamwork aspect, right? Where you're going over you guys playing, and you always got to be honest with your teammate. You got to be transparent. Then be like, hey, I, you know, I feel this way when I play. Can you guys try doing that? And you also have to be, you know, if you're on the other side, you have to be open-minded and think like, okay, well, let's try this out. You know, what he feels this way, so let's try it out and see how it goes. Um, so a lot of it is really just us as a team analyzing how we play and trying to, you know, fix that and change things up so it's 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 really big coaching between us you know between our our team is is really big yeah interesting and just just to follow up on i like just on on this one like i'm curious because for me i mean i played counter-strike not at a very high level but i had this transition where in the moment where we were playing like just for training the skills and all that and then switching to the part where you play as a team and I had this transition, and for me, it was like an eye-opener. I was like, okay, this is what I enjoy a lot more than just going and being like a zombie playing the game. Um, so I was wondering for you, what was your experience when you had that transition? Like, did you have that kind of same, similar experience where you transited from, okay, I'm playing a game to I'm competing with a team in a game and having that team uh, kind of mentality and those strategy planning meetings? What was your experience with that? It was, it was big. It was really big. Um, I think that I, I never really had a team per se. 
uh, as I have with you. I've always, you know, teamed up with friends of mine to play some tournaments here and there. But we're never like a concrete team, right, where we practice every single week and things like that. Um, whereas in, in collegiate esports, for example, playing with my team now, it's a concrete thing. We're a team, right? And we do everything as a team. We need to practice as a team. We need to set up scrims as a team. Everything really is based off of teamwork. Um, and that's where a lot of people say, for example, the, the chemistry comes in, right? If how, mm. you know, how close you are to your teammates and how much you respect them and things like that. So it, it was really an you know, eye opener for me, like you said, Luke, um, that, you know, just stepping into a team and playing with them is just, is it completely different experience than you just, you know, playing with a few friends for fun and going in a few tournaments. How, how do you build that chemistry? How is that chemistry created? Um, over time, specifically, um, thankfully, all my teammates, you know, they're really, really good people and they're really cool and they're very open-minded, um, very charismatic too. So it, it was very easy for us to bond, you know, as when I, once I joined the esports team one month in already, we were pretty much all best friends. So, um, it's, it's really a matter of time. It always helps, right? If you have just naturally good chemistry with, mm. with the people it will happen where sometimes you have a teammate or two where you don't really see eye to eye but it's always important to when you're playing or when you're uh watching a replay if you guys playing or coaching or anything like that it's important to just put those differences aside and think that you guys are you know you guys are a unit you guys play together you guys you know need a win together there's no such thing as um you know you guys against each other it's you you know everybody against the other team so sometimes there'll be small rivalries I like to joke around my friends where i'm like oh i made top 100 before you guys did and there's always that those slight <laughs> little jokes and stuff right and that's it's it's never really um you know a mean thing it's not like we're being toxic to each other it's yeah just, it's, it's it's banter right so yeah yeah um but there's always those small little rivalries but at the end of the day you know we're, we're a unit and we all uh, work together and do everything together as a team to win. Yeah, interesting. I think uh, one of the things I've really seen from the outside coming in to esports is um, there seems to be some crazy egos at the top, like uh, <laughs> like more than I've ever seen in other sports in some situations, which I was mm-hmm. like blown away with because um, it always I've always found that interesting. Have you kind of ever experienced it in your journey so far where where kind of it's been destructive in teams uh, where people have just um might not so much be the ego but it's like they haven't been able to develop what you just had which is kind of that mutual respect where you can have a bit of banter um but they've just come in way too hard way too hot and and blown the team apart yeah um personally at least in the U of I team thankfully no um we've all we're all really close and of course, there's people with bigger, bigger egos than other, um, and but it's nothing like unhealthy, right? It's nothing that damages mm. or, or or team chemistry or anything like that. I know in the past, UVI has had some troubles uh, with teammates. I know a few people got kicked off the teams because of exactly what you said, um, you know, just the ego thing. And I know in other schools that's a big problem too. I know a few players. I'm not going to mention their names, but a few players. Yeah. Uh, last week they they got kicked off the the school team and they're banned from competitive tournaments by psionics the developer of the game because of just attitude towards you know other schools and things things like that it's it's happened before yeah um i think the 
few times I dealt with that. It wasn't even with my school team. It was just uh, teaming off with, you know, some people I've met online to play tournaments and things like that. And that's where you can tell that people have, you know, big egos. And that's when you're like, uh, you know, well, I guess they're not really in my school team, so I don't really have to, you know, team up with them anymore. Um, in a school team, though, where you kind of, kind of mixed in and kind of need to play with them regardless. Yeah. Um, I think it's just important to be honest with the person, right? It's you can't be afraid of confrontation because because it's going to happen. I think that the biggest thing is that it's not that you're winning every single game; it's just that you're happy doing it, right? Because if you're winning every single game but it's just draining to play with the person over and over and the things they say and things like that it's um it's important you bring it up to them right because to me personally i think that winning doesn't really mean anything if you can't share it with your teammates if you can't share you know the joy of winning with, with everybody if you just want a game and you feel like oh okay but you know i don't like <laughs> yeah. how my teammates are acting it's um it's, it's not worth it. So you need to be able to confront the person and say like, hey, listen, I don't like your attitude right now. You got to switch it up, okay? Because this is not good for, you know, our team. And and do you usually take that upon yourself or do you have a team manager who kind of who kind of um, manages those situations? Mm-hmm. We have a team manager. Um, we, it's like, uh, we don't call it a team manager. It's more like a captain, right? You have the captain of the team and mostly if anything goes wrong, you have the, the responsibilities on the captain. Um, thankfully we've never really had anything like that where we're, we're headbutting and things like that. Of course, there's small little conflicts where, you know, we get mad with each other, but that's just really friendships, right? You know, mm-hmm. we always get mad with, uh, with each other once in a while. It's, it's just important. It's not the biggest deal if you get mad with someone. It's just the, the biggest deal is how quick you manage to make up and, you know, um, and get past those, those small little frictions. Yeah. Um, and you know, it happened. It has happened in the past before, and most of we never really needed our team captain to step in. We just resolved it between ourselves. Um, but it was never something like really big and serious. So, in that regard, I'm not really sure what to do because I've never been through it. Yeah. But I think that my biggest tip would just just be honest. Okay, just be yeah. honest with yourself and be honest with your teammates. Yeah, it's interesting what you just said was pretty much every single workplace in the world, though, uh, which is interesting because, I mean, people talk about what are transferable skills from esports to, to the real world um, at the moment. That, that is, seems to be a conversation I have with parents because uh, with you play a sport, you know, it's really obvious to see But what you just described then was, you know, a skill that is so fundamental to being successful in any workplace, um, how do you have the tough conversation without letting something completely blow up and destroy an organization? So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So uh, yeah. I have one question around that. You, you mentioned actually uh, that Psyonix, uh, developer of the game, kicked out uh, two players. Uh, I wanted to ask you around the fact that I think Psyonix is really involved into the collegiate scene for Rocket League because I, I from, I, from what I've seen on the eSport, the other eSport that I watched on Twitch, I don't see that much of game against like around universities. I see more um, independent uh, association or clubs trying to turn up tournaments where for Rocket League, when I watched you playing for the tournament last weekend, um, then uh, you were kind of playing on the RLCS uh, Twitch channel and 
it's it's an official tournament and it's an official league as well that you're playing in. Do you think that the involvement of Psyonix has helped Rocket League getting better in the esport uh, collegiate scene? Oh, by far, by far. Uh, Psyonix, we have the the biggest collegiate tournament called CRL, and um, it's it started off as an independent organization and they had really small prize pools and Psyonix kind of just enveloped them. And, you know, that completely exploded it. So nowadays you have so many colleges competing and the price pool, I think, is 100,000 or something like that. So it's it's big now. Psyonix, I think a lot of people like to flame them, right? Because, oh, you guys did this and we wanted that and stuff. But I think overall, if you look at, you know, general developers of a game, they're, they're really up there and they are really close to the community uh, and especially with esports. So um, with the collegiate scene, you know, I haven't really looked at so many other games and stuff for, and their esports scene, especially in the collegiate level. So I can't really speak for that. But I know that for Rockley, at least, Sonics is very, very close, um, very closely involved with, with everything, right? Not only prize pools, but for example, the streams, the RLCS streams and um, the CRL streams and everything like that. Sonics is always really close to the esports. I mean, I'm really thankful for that, right? Because it's it's way more rewarding as a collegiate player to know that the developers working so closely uh, with everything. So it's it's very, um, you know, it's very great, gratifying in a way, right? To know that your efforts are really being recognized by by the developer. Yeah, it's amazing. I just wanted to ask. Um, so you've achieved, you know, so far you've done some pretty awesome things and we haven't even talked about the fact that you're studying aerospace engineering. Um, I mean, that's that alone when you finish that degree will be, that's an awesome achievement, but sticking to the esports theme, um, you know, you've, you've made top hundred, you're doing really well within your collegiate uh, Illinois team. What, what's next for you? Um, is it to finish the degree and then see how far you can get? Or is there, is there another step that is right in front of you that you want to achieve with Rocket League? Um, I think that for me, my mentality going into this is that me becoming an aerospace engineer is going to help me out for the rest of my life, right? Because if I get an aerospace uh, engineering degree, independent of what happens in my life, I still have the degree and it's always going to be there. With Rocket League, you know, it's, it's uncertain. It really is, right? It's right now it's very popular but who says tomorrow it, it will be it'll still be that way you know uh i know that there's a lot of other esports scenes where they kind of you know die down and that happens with games right because there's so many so many games around it's not like you know for example basketball or football or you know uh baseball or anything like that where they've been there for such a long time and it's like you have so many different sports that are that big right you have you know a few that that you know you'll see on tv and things like that that are really really big and they're not going anyway right you can't just say that oh basketball is going to be gone tomorrow it's not going to happen <laughs> yeah. uh, but for example um you know rocket league is a really biggest esports right now and like csgo and fortnite and everything like that so in the coming years it's probably not going to go anywhere but who says in the future you know 20 years from now really nobody can predict that um so I think for me, it's important that I have this opportunity now where I'm working really hard and I'm playing a lot and I love the game. And I think that's important right now for me to make use of that time and try to reach 
the highest level. That's really all I want. You know, I want to be at the top. Um, and before, you know, whatever happens to Rocket League happens. So that's my whole mentality going to this. Of course, I'm going to pay attention to my degree, but I really want to play the game while it's here, right? Because the last thing I want is, you know, 50 years down the line, I'm working as an aerospace engineer. I think, hmm, what would have happened if, you know, I play the game more and, you know, what if I actually was the best in the world or something like that? Yeah. So that's, I think that's my base mentality. It's really, really important. And when you say top and best in the world, I, I hear someone who wants to be a professional, right? That's, that's be part of professional <laughs> top player, right? That, yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the dream. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's, that's, that's exactly going to be what happens in my life, but yes, that, that would be the, no, I, you've got to have a dream. Otherwise, you know, there's no, there's no concept of what you're, why you're doing it. But uh, my, my, my next question to that is, is it clear in your mind how that's achieved? And I ask that because, I mean, one of our, our goals and dreams uh, with our organization is to work out what is that pathway? Um, how do you achieve it? Is it clear in your head what you need to do? Um, it might not be perfect, you know, not, nothing certain like we talked about, but in terms of the stepping stones of where you need to go to reach, you know, top 10, top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's honestly like anything at last path is very simple when you say it, but it's way harder, you know, it's easy on paper, but way harder, you know, once you actually do it, I think that it's really just a matter of dedication, right? Because put your mind to it and you can do it. Um, it might take a really long time or it might not even take that long, but it's all about, you know, you dedicating yourself to that and actually really trying to achieve your dreams. Um, so I think that for me, really, I just got to play more. I think that I need to make, I need to make more connections also, you know, because you might be the really good player, but if you don't have those connections, if you don't have, you know, teammates to play with, for example, it's, you know, it really doesn't matter if you're the best. So I think it's important to get those connections going and, um, you know, be active in the community and just keep playing really, you know, keep yeah. playing and keep trying to improve every single day. Yeah. I think that the word connections is, uh, is coming up a lot with the people that we talk to from a higher level as well, which is quite interesting that it, it does still require a fair bit of networking um, that you need to have those relationships in place to, to further yourself, which is no different to other, any other industry. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting. Like, I mean, from a tennis background, the ball is either in or it's out and um, the connections other than people liking you off the court don't really exist because you can just play and win or lose. And if you keep winning, no one can stop you in a sense, which I think is really interesting, Um, which kind of leads me to to the question of, you know, if you could change anything about this pathway, what would it be? Uh, You see in other sports and I'm not sure if it's the same at collegiate level, but I know with gridiron, you know, you, the pathway, if you were to, to lay it out, would be start gridiron, uh, play with your with your local club or your junior league, get as good as you can, go to high school. If you can, go to a really good football high school and then do well and get recognized, be brought into via scholarship into university or college and then potentially get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the process, and that obviously that I don't believe that exists for esports yet. 
Is that something you could see working? Oh, I, I can definitely see it working. I think that as time goes on, that's also going to be the mainstream. Um, for example, with, with the CRL tournaments, I have the streams, right? And the streams have a lot of people watching. And, you know, for a lot of people watching that, there's automatically people that are looking for, for better players. So, um, for example, you're playing in a college um, and performing well on a stream like that might bring you some attention. And um, organizations might start looking, you know, professional orgs might start looking at you and be like, oh, oh this guy's kind of good, you know. Um, mm. So I think that, you know, it's, it's still not the same in um as in you know um other physical sports um but because for example in rocket league you have the leaderboards right so i made top 100 now i'm on the leaderboard and you know it's really independent of you of i or not i still made it there you know regardless of what happened with my collegiate games um so that's different you know with with other physical sports like you know like football you go to school and that's where you're going to play most of your games you know and that's where most people are going to spot you and you know be like oh hey this guy's kind of good we might you know draft him or whatever so that's that's the biggest difference but i still think that it's very important that if you go to college and you really want to become a professional esports player that you you actually play in your college team because it does get traction you know and you also have the this whole school supporting you um whether financially or you know with promotions and, and, and advertising things like that right they they can put you out there they have those instruments to put you out there you know they might write an article about you or whatever you know i think that yes you know, focus on playing the game well you know and performing to your best but you also have to promote your own brand right? you have to promote what you're doing and promote yourself as a person so you stick out right because even if you play really well, I guarantee there's probably going to be like, you know, 20 other people that play just as well as you. So you have to do something to differentiate yourself from them. It's kind of like a job interview, really, right? There's always going to be people with really good, you know, same statistics as you. You just have to be, be the highlight between them. Yeah, uh, I just have one question around actually that brand. Um... Like let's start first with the with the ranking. You mentioned that you're playing with your uh, university team, but at the same time you're maintaining a ranking to be at the in the top hundred. Is that two different processes, or is it like combined, or is it very different? Um, I think that mostly it's different, but there are some similarities. So once I made top hundred. Uh, it's basically saying that, you know, I played the 3v3 mode and, you know, I had my MMR points, which is, you know, my points give that give me a rank and everything. And out of every single player playing 3v3, I was in the top 100 of, of that. Um, and I think I, you know, barely played a game with, with my uh, my team on that. It was mostly me just queuing a match. We call it a solo queue, where it's just me searching up a match and I get placed with other randoms and, and things like that. And I barely played a game with my team in that uh, way. Mostly when we actually play uh, games with each other, it's mostly scrims. We set up scrims with other schools and then we, we get put into a private match and then play each other. That's mostly how we train. But once I made top 100, it's pretty much just me solo queuing, um, which, you know, they didn't really have an impact on that. But I think that it also, you know, translates uh, the other way. For, for example, the scrims that I play with my team automatically affect how I play in my solo queues, 3v3s, 
And when I play 3v3s, especially in the higher level, it also affects how I play with my team against other high level per people. So it's, there's a lot of, um, there's not really a lot of connections between them, but what I do on one side affects the other and vice versa. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you have like, um, just to be clear, so you have your, your, your team where you play your screen, but that doesn't really count in the, in the ranking system. But no. then you, you're playing solo queue. So you have kind of two grind, right? Like you have the grind for your tournament and then the grind for your solo ranking together. So you have to maintain those two if you want to keep being in the, in the community. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So when I scrim with my team, we're playing a private match and it doesn't really, you know, once you, since you're playing a private match, it doesn't really count towards your ranked points. So if you lose a match or win a match in a scrim, it's not going to boost your rank points any higher because you're not playing the ranked mode, right? You're just playing a private match uh, against another team. Um, but that being said, though, it still matters a lot, right? Because you're playing with your team, okay? And you're playing with your team, and if you win a scrim, that's going to give you a lot of confidence. If you lose uh, the scrim, it might, you know, throw you back to the drawing board and think, okay, what can we do to improve? So it's it's two separate things, and you have to focus on both, right? Because, for example, me playing 3v3 is, you know, for me at least a personal thing, and it's kind of promoting my brand once I get to the top 100, Whereas me playing the team is more of a collective thing, right? I'm playing with my teammates and we're presenting the school. So it's two different things and um, you play both of them, right? The same, you still want to win both of them, uh, you know, by playing the best, but it's two different things and they lead to different um, rewards in a sense, leads to different kind of experiences, you know, something along those lines. Um, but it, at the end of the day, what you do in one will affect the other. Okay, so it's it's really just separate things that have almost no connection between them. But what you do in one will always almost affect the other. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's really interesting that. because like it's like a soccer team, right? You would, as you say, like you just play with your team and then you have your match on the weekend with your team. In mm -hmm. in this scenario, you like playing with your, your team and at the same time trying to develop your own brand on the side, like with a second grind. It's kind mm -hmm. of like if you were a soccer player, you were like playing your match on the weekend and then all the week you play with random people in the street so they know you and they get to know that you're the best player. So it's yeah, very interesting. That's, that's basically it. It's basically like you go on a random match on a you know, Wednesday night or whatever and play with <laughs> random people you don't know, except you know it counts for ranked points. So there's somebody always keeping track if you're winning matches yeah. or not. <laughs> Um, I guess one of my last main questions I want to ask you is, you know, if you could talk to the, the Rocket League gods up there somewhere, what, what would you ask them to, to adjust or change about this process to get into the top? Um, is there anything that you see could be, I guess, improved for, from a player's perspective to, to understand how do you get from, you know, junior player to, to reaching the professional dream? um that's a difficult question um i think that you know looking previously at my journey you know towards being top 100 i think that my biggest challenge at least was not being completely open-minded because now recently i think that even if a person is way lower level than me what they say you know what they say about you playing still 
matters because that's the way they're seeing and even if of course they're not you know as high of a level as you they might see something that you're not because once you're playing the game it's very very hard to you know analyze how you're playing in the middle of it right because you're going to lose focus and that's going to help it's going to um start to make you overthink how you're playing things so like oh well i made this mistake here what should i change if you start thinking that during a match it might lead you to overthinking things and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And then that's completely wrong, right? You should be should be doing that thing. But because you're thinking about it too much, you kind of, um, you know, end up overthinking that doesn't, you know, that kind of, you know, um, makes you play worse, basically. Um, whereas somebody else that is watching matches, they're not playing. So their mindset is different. That's why a lot of the times people will see like games of their own rank playing and they'll look at them and be like, wow, these people are so slow. Like they're so bad. I'm so much better than this. And once you actually play, you're like, what happened? I thought it was better. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, um, I think that Sam answering your question is, um, if I had to say some of the rock league gods, I just say like, Hey, just be more open-minded towards what people say and towards their feedback and things. Cause even if you don't agree with it, just try to look to the reason why they're saying that right yeah um what is their mentality behind that statement why did they say that and why do they think that you know and just look at your own gameplay to, to answer those questions yeah awesome uh one of the final questions sorry i jumped down <laughs> early on my final question is for anyone who wants to follow in your full in your footsteps what are three things that you would tell them the three most important things they people that want to go to college um go down that pathway and potentially one day be top hundred, possibly professional player. What are your three things that you'd want them to know? Um, three things. Okay, I think that the biggest one is having your priorities right, because esports might not be for everybody. A lot of people just want to play for fun, and once you throw in the esports competitive aspect, it, it doesn't like not become fun, but sometimes it feels like a job because there's expectations of you. Whereas you play for fun, nobody's expecting really anything of you, right? You're just playing for fun, just enjoying yourself. Once you join a college team, there's expectations. So people are expecting you to perform your best. And, you know, even if you don't, I think the biggest really expectation of them is just for you to keep practicing, right? If you are playing for a collegiate team, you kind of have the responsibility to, even if you don't play your best, you need the responsibility of playing and dedicating yourself to, to be the best you can. So I think that the first one is having priorities right. Decide if esports is going to be a big competitive thing for you or are you just playing the game for fun? Um, the second one I'd say is um, sometimes just take a step back and, and breathe because if you're just constantly playing, you're going to miss out on a lot of crucial things. You're going to miss out in things that you might need to do to improve yourself. You might miss out on, you know, your mental health is not the best or your physical health is not the best. Um, because once you're playing, you kind of have that tunnel vision, right? You just focus on the game and not the things around you. So it's it's important to just be healthy inside the game and outside the game um, and have both of those sides of your life um, doing well because they go hand-to-hand with each other. Sometimes you'll get mad at the game and then you'll get mad at somebody in your life or vice versa, you'll be mad at somebody in your life and you get mad at your teammates or something like that. So it's... Um, I say first is um, having your priorities straight. Second is keeping a healthy, you know, overall lifestyle and, you know, sometimes just taking a step back and 
take a deep breath. And I say the third one, just don't forget to have fun. Because at the end of the day, the I think the coolest thing about esports to me is that you make a living off of video games. And that's like the coolest thing ever to me, right? You're just playing a yeah. video game and competing at the highest of levels. And it's something that a lot of people would dream of, And a lot of people even make fun of. They're like, oh, wow, I work eight hours a day, you know, getting this much money. And you just see these kids playing video games for a living. Like, wow, what has this world come to, right? And yeah. I think a lot of that is just jealousy. People are like, oh, my gosh, they got to play video games for a living while I'm just, you know, working an actual, you know, nine to seven no, nine to five job um so it's it's important to have fun if you're going to be yeah. an esports player you're i think the biggest reward really is that you know you're not really working a single day of your life because i think you're, you're just really um having fun it's i want to consider it a job because it's it's more like a, a glorified hobby if i do say so myself <laughs> yeah. right it's um you're doing something that we really love and it'd be like a hobby in your pastime, but you're getting rewarded for it, like financially yeah. and things which like is, that. Uh, which is every sport, right? End of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's important that you really like what you're doing, right? And even if esports is not for you, for example, if I ever decide, um, you know, oh, I would just quit broccoli and focus on becoming an engineer. It's important that me being an engineer is fun and it's uh, refreshing and it's not something that's going to take a toll on me because I think that the worst thing you can do in this life, you know, it's it's a limited life and you have um, a limited time here. I think the worst thing to do is you're just slaving yourself to, you know, work that you don't enjoy. So um, I think that have your priorities straight and um, sometimes just take a deep breath and the most important is just have fun, right? Enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, amazing. All right, Lewis, <laughs> where can people, uh, when's the next event and when is, uh, where can people watch you? How does how do how do we follow you and support you? Um, okay, uh, next event. I'm not quite sure now. Everything is kind of you know calming down since we're gonna have a winter break coming up. Um, so we might have a few minor tournaments here or there. Um, but you guys can hear about that. You, uh, I have my Twitter and uh, my Twitch where I might try start streaming now that I'm gonna have more time since I'm having my break. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter. It's just SLKRL underscore. And the Twitch is the same thing. Um, so, so yeah, give me a follow. <laughs> yeah, no. Come watch me play. And I'd be glad to have anybody there. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this uh, in terms of, you know, especially the younger generation that are, are looking at these scholarships coming up and, and this new thriving industry that's that's starting to enter college systems um i think it'd be really awesome to hear what you have to say and what you've experienced so far so thank you for joining us yeah thank you it was great (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of esports demystified by valor esports that was once again lewis slk Salik. you can get in touch with lewis on discord his username is slk hashtag 7777 we're currently creating our first esports club for players from around 13 to 23 years old if you're an aspiring esports athlete or a parent to one please get in contact with us you can reach us on twitter and instagram under the username valor underscore e academy and you can reach us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash valor dot esports dot academy